Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 29 of Twin, Twin Talk, Talk MN. MN. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And today we have a great episode because, Andrew, we now know who will be in the Super Bowl. Last week in the NFL, we had the AFC and NFC Conference Championship Games, which means we know who will face off in this year's Super Bowl. Andrew, let's jump right in. Let's start with the earlier game of the AFC. Andrew, we had the highly touted Bengals, led by second-year sensation Joey Burrow. Facing the insanely talented Kansas City Chiefs, led by MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Looked at as one of the greatest players of all time. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and maybe the best team in the league. Andrew, a lot of people thought the Chiefs would win the game. And at the start, it looked like that, as they looked like they were going to go into the half up by a few touchdowns. And they are up by two, and they looked like they were about to push the three. But they had a small miscommunication at the end of the half, which led to them being up, I believe, 21-10 at the end of the half. Looked like they would run away with the game. But in the second half, the Bengals knew they might not get this chance again. So they worked hard, and they got the ball back, and they made the score very close. And at the end of the game, with the Chiefs down three, and on right at the Bengals' goal line, the Bengals' defense went up big and were able to keep the Chiefs' incredible offense out of the end zone, held them to a field goal to send the game to overtime. Now, for those of you who remember the games from two weeks ago, we remember the Chiefs played the Bills in overtime. The Chiefs made a last-second field goal in regulation to send the game to overtime. And in both games, the Chiefs' opponent picked the coin toss. And in both games, the Chiefs' opponent lost the coin toss and guessed wrong, giving the Chiefs the ball. And if the Chiefs score a touchdown on their first drive, then they win the game. And we remember two weeks ago against the Bills, the Chiefs got the ball and they never gave it back and ended up winning that game, sending them to this game I'm discussing right now. And against the Bengals, they had the ball. They're driving downfield on the very first play. They throw a play, they throw the ball, and it is extremely close to getting intercepted, but it is not. Incomplete. They're saying, all right, the Chiefs are going to play it safe. They aren't going to throw deep. They're only going to make smart throws. And on the very next play, he throws it deep to Tyreek Hill in a double coverage. The ball goes off the Bengals wide receiver and right into the hands of the Bengals safety. The Bengals intercept the ball. And for those of you who are a little bit unfamiliar with the overtime rules, if the team that starts with the ball gives up the ball without scoring, if the other team gets a single point, then they win the game. The Bengals have the ball. All they need is a field goal and they win the game. They're driving downfield. They get to their own 40, the 50, down to the 40. And when they're at the 35-yard line, probably just need a couple more yards. It's third down. They give it to Pro Bowl running back Joe Mixon, who rumbles ahead down to the 10-yard line, basically getting the Bengals into an easy chip shot field goal range, which they decide to go for as the Bengals get the field goal, as the Bengals win the AFC Championship over the Chiefs. Andrew, this is huge. Break this down. Well, yeah, Ryan, all I could think about was the whole time was just how many playoff games I've seen where a team goes up early and then the other team's coming back. Ryan, the only two teams I can remember about this are the Kansas City Chiefs of about the last four years and the Patriots. Ryan, that just makes me think, are the Bengals a new just dynasty in this league? I mean, you like to say, oh, no, this team will be gone in a couple of years, or they, it was all due to this late free agency signing or whatever who will be gone next year. But, Ryan, what this makes me think of, whether they win to the Super Bowl or not, is this team, how long are they going to be around? I mean, you got Joe Burrow, who's in just his second year. Joe Mixon, who I think is in his third or fourth season. Jamar Chase, first season in the league. Ryan, if you could just have those three guys, that would probably get them to the playoffs every year. But Ryan, their defense is amazing. T. Higgins had a great year, and he's only in the second year. Tyler Boyd had a phenomenal season only in his third year. Ryan, this offense, but especially this defense, could be around for a very long time. But you know what? We don't have a very long time because we got to focus on the Super Bowl. Ryan, right now, before we've even told you what happened in the NFC, Tell me with the Bengals, what is your initial reaction of how the Super Bowl has to go for them for them to bring home that Lombardi trophy? Yeah, Andrew, I mean, exactly the formula it's been all year. Have the passing game and running game just be in sync. Have them keep on moving the sticks. Give them easy third downs. Just keep the chains moving. This offense is good. Sometimes they get a little undisciplined, but for the most part, they're very, very good. And I think on the defense, it's got to be the story we've seen all playoffs. Play the best they can. 
It's going to be not giving up big plays, not giving up long runs, and it's just going to be keep on putting pressure. Patrick Mahomes was under a lot of pressure, and we know that's basically the only way to stop him. That is exactly what they did. They have been playing great so far this postseason, and they played very well in the regular season. I think that has to be the formula. Andrew, what happened in the in the NFC, and who will the Bengals play in the in the Super Bowl? We have Ryan, this San Francisco 49ers versus Rams game was a great one. The Niners jumped out to an early lead based on Debo Samuel. Ryan, Debo Samuel, no matter what the outcome of this game was, he is a special, special player. He is an amazing wide receiver, but also he can do it all. Do it all, Debo. So in my opinion, I don't care what happened. This guy is just phenomenal. But more importantly, we got to get back to this game. Ryan, the Niners were looking good. And Debo Samuel is definitely a top two wide receiver in the league. But Ryan, he ain't number one. We know who that is, and that's Cooper Cup. And Ryan, unfortunately, for those San Francisco 49ers who have the number two wide receiver, they were playing against number one, Ryan Cooper Cup. He is too good. Ryan, this Rams team, they were just Amazing on offense. Cooper Cup had, I believe, one of the best games in playoff history. Matthew Stafford really made sure that he was going to get his team to the Super Bowl at all costs. And Ryan, he put every single effort possible. He made that offense. He put them in a perfect position where he said, I'm going to trust my defense. And all they got to do is give me one last stop and we are going to the Super Bowl. Ryan, late in the game, they had it. They had a chance the Rams did on offense. But you know what they said? We're going to trust the defense. We're going to trust it. And you know what, Ryan? The defense couldn't come through. The defense gives up the points to the Niners. Ryan, the Rams have a chance with their season on the line. Matthew Stafford needs a game-winning drive. All they need is a field goal at their own side of the yard. At the field, Ryan. We see a good pass Cooper Cup. Okay. I think it was about 15, 20 yards. That's good. That's good. We still need 30, maybe 25 more yards to get into field goal range from that game. And Ryan, Cooper Cup gets a 65-yard reception down to, I think, about the 8-yard line. Ryan, he sets it up. He sets up the game-winning field goal. And you know what happens? The Rams are going to the Super Bowl. Ryan, the LA Rams beat the San Francisco 49ers to advance to the Super Bowl. Sean McVay wins his first game against the Niners in his last seven tries. Ryan, break this down for me. The Rams are going to the Super Bowl. They are playing the Bengals. Initial responses just right after you hear this matchup. Just no reason given. Prediction. And just tell me, what do you feel like is going to happen in this game? Yeah, Andrew, I think... I hate to say it as a Bengals fan, but I think it's got to be the Rams. This team, when Matthew Stafford has not thrown interceptions, which is basically never... This team has been absolutely unstoppable. They've definitely looked like the best team in the league. And as we saw last week, they had a phenomenal game against the San Francisco 49ers. And then the week before, we obviously saw an incredible win against the greatest player of all time, Tom Brady. And that was just marvelous to see us again. We have Matthew Stafford, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Cooper Cup, the best wide receiver in the NFL. One of the best offensive lines in the NFL. By far the best defensive line in the NFL. Some of the best linebackers, probably the best cornerback in the entire league and one of the best to ever do it. Some of the best safeties in the league. Top five defense, top 10 offense. This team is insane. They're unstoppable. They've learned from their mistakes from their Super Bowl loss a couple of years ago. I think this team is ready to win a Super Bowl and prove that even though they have no first round picks for the next two years, they it was all worth it because they're going to win this Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Odo Beckham Jr., Cam Akers, Sony Michelle, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, almost every single one of these guys would get their first Super Bowl. Well, some of them. But for a lot of them, this game is huge. I think a lot of these guys have had a lot of playoff experience, unlike the Bengals, where I think for almost every single person on this team, they've almost nobody's been to the playoffs, and I don't think anybody on this roster has ever been in the Super Bowl, let alone in where the Rams, I think about half this roster has been in the Super Bowl before as the team made it just a couple of years ago. Andrew, this should be a fascinating matchup. Again, next week we'll record our podcast on that morning of the Super Bowl. So hopefully you should be able to listen to it before the game. Or if not, that is okay. It'll be cool to listen to after. But yeah, right now I've got to go with the Rams. Should be a really, really, really interesting matchup. But Andrew, off the topic 
of the Super Bowl for just a couple minutes. We also got some other news in the NFL right now. Andrew, obviously in the NFL offseason, it's all about the players moving around, and that's all we want to focus on. But that hasn't really happened yet. What we have seen a lot of is coaches moving around. Andrew, we saw a couple of coaches that have already moved, but so far this year, let's just review some of the coaching moves that already happened and some of the ones that happened recently, some of the ones that we can look to happen in the near future. Well, Ryan, recently, we have had two official coaches' hivings. Ryan, the first one, which I think is really big, is the New York Giants hired Brian Dable, former offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. We saw what he did with Josh Allen. We saw what he did with Stephon Diggs. Ryan, he is taking his talents to the Giants. And I'm just going to say this. He's not going to have an easy time because this Giants offense is about 50 times worse than anything he ever had to deal with in Buffalo. But you know what? I'm excited because this guy is an offensive genius, and I'm really excited to see if Daniel Jones can become anything or if Saquon Barkley could really take that next step. Ryan, in our next meaningless head coach position, we see the Jacksonville Jaguars, which basically is what everyone calls never get hired there because your career is going to end. Ryan, Doug Peterson, who a lot of people thought his NFL coaching career was over, Looks like it could get a small revival in Jacksonville because he is their new head coach. Now, this is an interesting move because it is super, super different from the last head coach. We saw Urban Meyer, who was finally getting like another real chance in a redo in the NFL. And you know what? He was young. He was right out of college. And that was a mistake. But now we look at Doug Peterson, who's a little bit of an oil coach. Maybe possibly on the verge of retirement, a lot of people projected. But you know what? He's back. And I am really excited for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to be a good team. But Doug Peterson, I think, is one of the smartest coaches in the NFL. So I'm really excited. Ryan, we'll talk about this more in about maybe 20, 30 minutes when I'm talking about the Vikings. But they have officially, unofficially, basically hired Kevin O'Connell, offensive coordinator for the Rams. Ryan, this guy was phenomenal with Jared with um, Matthew Stafford this year and Cooper Cup. And Ryan, I am super excited what he can do with Jonathan Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. Ryan, and some more NFL head coaching news. Ryan, the Raiders hired Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels to be their next head coach. We know that after the crazy season they had with all of the, let's just say, interesting situations, we were really interested to see who they hired and who would want to deal with that. But you know what? I think Josh McDaniels, if anyone, is definitely know how to work with a confusing team. So I am very excited to watch him and see what can happen with that Raiders team. Ryan, another more head coaching situation is Brian Flores, who we saw was let go of by the Miami Dolphins. Ryan, he has not found a home yet. But I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, he is filing, he is suing the NFL for for racial discrimination in the practice and he and hiring practices and Ryan really not sure what's going to come of this but definitely have to keep you updated since this is a very big situation that is definitely going to continue to grow Ryan remind me some of the final head coaching vacancies and some OCs or DCs or even college coaches that could be on the table for these teams because I'd like to think that all the great coaches have been snapped up by now but to be honest I still see Eric Bieniemy on a team. I see. I still see Todd Bowles. I still see Raheem Morris. Ryan, are any of these guys going to land? And tell me, what's going on with Jim Harbaugh? Because I felt that him and the Vikings were a done deal. But now it sounds like he might be going back to Michigan. Yeah, Andrew. Well, it was interesting because the Vikings invited Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh out for an interview with the team. And when Jim was interviewed about it later, he said he thought it was a done deal. He thought he would take over the organization. And the Vikings said, no, like you, and you're definitely the favorite, but we aren't really ready to make a commitment. And the rumor is Jim Harbaugh was not expecting that. He was extremely upset about that and said, well, you know what? I'm clearly the best option you have. And if you're not going to get me, then I'm not really interested in being a part of your team. So he went back to Michigan and said, I am not going to be head coach. And right now, some of the other head coaching vacancies we see Right now, the main one is the Miami Dolphins. I mean, this team, Andrew, they had a good shot to make the playoffs. Into the last week of the season, if just one or two more things would have fallen their way, they would have won one or two more games, this team would have been in the playoffs. It's, when you look at the Vikings, 
firing their head coach. It kind of made sense. The team could have been better. But the Dolphins, they had an amazing season. Now, I don't really want to get into why they fired their head coach at this moment. But, again, this is an extremely enticing opportunity for a young head coach. You look at a lot of the guys that are still open, and this could be a really enticing team. I mean, as Andrew was saying, both of the Buccaneers coordinators and both of the San Francisco 49ers coordinators, they could all be on the table right now, as a lot of these guys definitely could be in line for a head coaching job with the Miami Dolphins. And we also see, as we remember a couple of years ago, one of the best head coaches in NBA in NFL history, Sean Payton of the New Orleans Saints, decided to retire as this was his last season coaching the team. Now that team also has some pretty good parts. Michael Thomas one, used to be one of the best wide receivers in the league. Alvin Kamara, one of the best running backs in the league and one of the best defenses in the league, led by Cameron Jordan. That is also a very interesting head coaching spot. And Andrew, the question that we have to ask ourselves is, how enticing of a spot really is this? I mean, if you would have told me two years ago they don't have a head coach, this team was close to the Super Bowl. This team looked like one of the best teams in the league, one of the brightest futures, some of the best players in the league. But now, it's an interesting spot. Andrew, if you were a young head coach, let's just say Eric Bieniemy, or let's just say the Buccaneers defensive coordinator, Todd Bowles, the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich. How are you thinking about the Saints head coaching position at the, sta- at the place where the team is right now? I mean, Ryan, to be honest, if I'm any head coach, I am really looking to stay away from this team. I mean, they got some good players. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is a phenomenal running back. Ryan, this is more getting into the nitty-gritty of the NFL, but their cap space, which is more or less their money situation, is terrible. They do not, they were, I believe, in far negative value of money they have to spend on free agents and draft picks. And right now, I think just their entire team is just not going to get any better anytime soon. Now, that is a lot of talk about head coaches in the NFL. Ryan, we are super excited for the Super Bowl. Still have another week to talk about this, so we'll be excited to talk about it more next week. But Ryan, the coaches, by the time we talk to you next, we could see all of these spots snatched up. I don't think it will happen. I think maybe one or two will get picked up in the next week. But definitely going to be interesting because the head coach can decide so much. And for especially when we look at these two teams in the Super Bowl, both have amazing coaches. So it looks like that's definitely what it takes to get to a Super Bowl. So we'll have to see how that happens. Brian, let's look to the NBA. Now, the NBA, we're almost at about that kind of I'd say maybe three-fifths part, a little bit past half, not two-thirds, and you know what that means. The NBA All-Star Game run last week. We announced who the starters would be in the All-Star Game, and we were very surprised about Andrew Wiggins. Very skeptical, and I think for both of us, we're very upset that Carl Anthony Towns did not make it over him. But Ryan, just this last Thursday, we found out who the All-Star reserves are going to be in both conferences, and Ryan, I am super excited about who those guys are. Ryan, let's start out in the Eastern Conference. Ryan, the top reserve in the Eastern Conference was Jimmy Butler. I actually scratched that. These are in no order at all. Jimmy Butler, Darius Garland, James Harden, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, and Fred Van Vliet. Ryan, in the Eastern Conference, Van Vliet and Garland are both first-time All-Stars while the longest-time All-Star in the Eastern Conference was James Harden. Ryan, out of these guys, which are, again, Van Vliet, Tatum, uh, Chris Middleton, Zach Levine, James Harden, Darius Garland, and Jimmy Butler, Ryan, who would you say do you think is the best, and who would you say might, maybe might have missed the mark on this one? And maybe after that, you can tell me who some snubs in the Eastern Conference were, who you just cannot believe were passed up for this. Yeah, Andrew, I would say one guy that I think really deserves to be here has got to be James Harden. I mean, the guy, I mean, the season that this guy has been having is just insane. Another guy, Zach Ovi. I mean, last year, I believe, was his first year making the All-Star game. This guy's just incredible, insane. This guy's been leading a team to one of the best records in the league. He is a phenomenal player. The way he leads that team, him and DeRozan, I think, are right on the same level. DeRozan was an All-Star starter. Levine, I think it's fine he wasn't, but yeah, he definitely deserves this All-Star game. 
Andrew, two guys that I'm a little bit skeptical on. Number one is Chris Middleton. Andrew, this guy's having a good year. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, when we see how this guy's really been doing, I mean, right now, like, he's having a good year, but he's averaging 19 points per game. That's pretty good. And when we look at somebody else who made it, we look at a guy like Fred Van Vliet who also made it. And, I mean, I'd say Fred Van Vliet's having a pretty nice year. I mean, when you look at the stats, I believe he's averaging around 20 points per game. Now, let me just find it here. He's averaging pretty modest. Yeah, about 20 points per game, which is good. But, I mean, I think some guys that probably could have made it from the Eastern Conference, I think one name that you can definitely look at is, I mean, you got to go with LaMelo Ball. I mean, this guy's having a phenomenal season right now. I mean, you see the stats he's been putting up right now? I mean, I just can't believe this guy didn't make it. I mean, I think it's just got to be he's a little bit too young. They had a little bit too many point guards. Another guy I'm a little bit surprised didn't make it was Jalen Brown. This guy has been having a great year for the Celtics, so I was a little bit surprised he didn't make it. So, yeah, Jalen Brown and LaMelo Ball I think probably should have made it, and I don't really think Fred VanVleet and Chris Middleton should have made it. But, again, for the most part, I think the list is fine. One other guy that just we can talk about later is Darius Garland. I mean, this guy was the fifth overall pick out of Vanderbilt a couple of years ago. A lot of people thought he was a fine player, but a lot of people thought he wasn't Colin Sexton's shallow, shadow on that Cavaliers team. But now he's really taken over the team. I mean, you look at what's changed from last year to this year. Sexton was around the same. But Garland last year, he was barely starting. And now this guy's an all-star. I think he could easily be a future superstar in this league. He's a phenomenal player that I cannot wait to see him become one of the faces in this league. Andrew, turning to the Western Conference, who are the All-Stars in this incredible Western Conference this year? Did Karanthi Towns make it? It is crazy to see what is happening in the Western Conference. Yeah, fine. I mean, the Western Conference is just insane because as we were talking about with that Wiggins, the question then became, who should have made it over him? I mean, I think a lot of people were upset with it, but is there really anyone better? And Ryan, I feel like the answer at that position probably was no. I mean, it's disappointing to see, in my opinion, a guy who doesn't really deserve it, but definitely deserving of an all-star. Ryan, in the Western Conference, again, no particular order. We saw Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Carnathan Towns all make the reserves. Ryan, for the longest tenure reserve, I think it's pretty clearly Chris Paul. I mean, this guy's been so consistent, just been an amazing player for his entire career. Drafted just year after LeBron James. Just an amazing player. So fun to watch. Glad he's still making All-Star games. Ron, I believe in the Western Conference, correct me if I'm wrong, but are there any first-time All-Stars besides, I mean, Andrew Wiggins on the starters? But other than that, I mean, I think all these guys have at least had two or three years under their belt. Draymond Green has also been up there as having on the All-Star games. Ryan, with this list, I mean, I like it probably a little more than the Eastern Conference, but Ryan, something that I personally have a small problem with is just I feel like there's too many big men. I mean, I'm sorry. You do not need Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert. I mean, Carnathan Towns, I feel like I think he's better than Gobert and Green. I just feel like with Draymond Green, like, yes, he's a very good player. But personally, I just do not, I just don't really think he should be making the All-Star game. I guess Rudy Gobert, I don't have as big of a problem with, but three centers, I don't know. Ryan, personally, I would have loved to see Anthony Davis made it. I mean, I understand that he was injured for, to be honest, a majority of the season. But you know what, he's healthy, he's playing right now. And not going to lie, he is playing some pretty good basketball. So to be honest... I wouldn't really hate to see him over these guys, but I don't have a huge problem with any of this. Ryan, another guy who some people have been a little skeptical of is Ryan Damian Lillard. I mean, we know that he's been out for a ton of the year, but Ryan, this guy, I think he's made the All-Star game for, what, maybe six, seven, maybe even eight straight years? I think ever since his second or third year in the way this guy made it. I mean, possibly it's because of the injury and how long he's been out. And even with that, his poor play. But sorry, Ryan, with guys like James Harden and other guys like that, they're just shoo-ins. It doesn't even matter who votes for them because you just know they're going to make it. And then they just don't. Ryan, this is going to be very interesting. But Ryan, I think, I'm not 100% sure when it is, but our all-star kind of 
type that we like to do is where the two captains, who this year are LeBron James and Kevin Durant, are each allowed to pick their teams of the starters and then their teams of their reserves. Ryan, I think LeBron has the first pick. I'm pretty sure. Ryan, if you were LeBron and you could pick out of any of the stars, who would you take first? And then let's say Durant takes second. Who would he take, Ryan? Personally, I feel like Curry or Giannis has to be the top guy. I mean, KD played with Giannis, or KD played with Curry, but I don't know. LeBron and Curry, they just have that kind of it factor. You just know would be amazing. And then, I mean, you got Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is just an amazing player, just a freak. Last year, won the All-Star Game MVP after I think he got 22 points and not missing a shot, something like that. Ryan, who would you take first overall if you were LeBron James? Yeah, Andrew, let's just remember, this game is barely serious at all. Nobody really cares who wins. Nobody really cares who scores, what. It doesn't really matter. It's all about having fun. It's all about flashy plays. And Andrew, who is flashier than Stephen Curry, the greatest shooter of all time, Everyone was so happy last year when LeBron and Curry stepped on the court for the first time ever as teammates. And I think LeBron loved that. And I think these guys keep on bettering their relationship. So I definitely think Steph would be a great first pick. And I think LeBron is pretty likely to make this move. And I think that would be really cool to see. But we'll have to continue to see what happens because I think we still have a little bit of time. But Andrew, turning away from the All-Star game in the NBA right now, let's look at the actual NBA standings as they stand at the moment. Let's look at the Eastern Conference. And right now, is the standings are, as of last night, we have the Bulls and the Heat basically locked in the first place. Behind them, we have the Cavs just a game behind the Heat, or just a half a game behind the Bulls. This is crazy. The Bucks are tied with the Cavaliers. The top four teams are separated by less than two games. And the top five teams, which is the 76ers, four seed is the Bucks. The Five-seed 76ers, four-seed Bucks, three-seed Cavaliers, two-seed Heat, and one-seed Bulls are all separated by just two games. This is insane. We'll have to continue to see if these teams can do well. But, Andrew, one team that I think is sneakily getting back into the mix has got to be the Toronto Raptors right now, Andrew. We remember just about two weeks ago, this team was below 500. And, Andrew, right now, this team has climbed all the way back into the seventh seed in the East. They're half a game behind the Nets. They're only four games out of the number one seed in the entire Eastern Conference. Andrew, when I look at this Raptors team, they have a really interesting team. As we were talking about earlier, Fred Van Vliet is a first-time All-Star. Pascal Siakam seems like he's having a pretty good year. We also see how good the rookie sensation Scotty Barnes has been playing. This team looks pretty good. But Andrew, one team that is also getting back into the mix is the Boston Celtics. Also, about two weeks ago, this team looked like out of it. They were even out of the playing tournament. And now, they look like they're right back in the thick of it. We see Jason Tatum right as an all-star. Jalen Brown nearly missed it. I still think he should have been an all-star. And Andrew Marcus Smart looks like having another great year. But we'll see what happens at the trade deadline. But Andrew, we have two teams in the Eastern Conference that are crazy. And I just really want your take on these two unique teams. Andrew, the first team, one team we've been talking about, Basically, every single week of the year. No, not the Lakers, Andrew. You guessed it. The Washington Wizards. Andrew, this team has had a crazy year. What can you tell us about this team right now? I mean, Ryan, I just feel like with this Wizards team, they're not consistent. I mean, we really just cannot understand this team. I mean, we see Bradley Beal. We see Kyle Kuzma is a little bit behind. And then Montrezl Harrell, also Van Kuzma. But Ryan... I just feel like with this team success in the first couple games of the season, and they were all the way up to the one seed for, I think, possibly even the first month. I mean, I think it was a little just bit of shell shock, kind of like I think it was the 2019 Ravens or so with Lamar Jackson, where people just, they hadn't seen it before. They hadn't seen him emerge, and they just did not realize what they were going up against. And to be honest, I feel like now they're figuring out. People know you got to guard Beal. Watch some guys on the perimeter. Harrow's decent from the inside. But you know what? After that, they're just a 10 seed. They're the 11 seed. To be honest, this team is absolutely nothing to worry about. I really do not think they are that good of a team. And as much as I would have loved to see this team get back into it and be the number one seed that a lot of people thought they could be, you know what? It's just not going to happen. But it was cool while it lasted. Ryan, one, just one part where I really want to get in is in the Western 
conference, right? At the top, you know, we basically have seen the Suns. I think they've won nine of their last 10 games or something. They were on a nine-game winning streak until it was broken. Then we see the Warriors, who are just in, just phenomenal. I mean, this team is so good. Stephen and Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins. Just this team is so, so, so talented. Then a little bit after that, you know what? I feel like it's pretty open. I mean, the Grizzlies are amazing. But Ryan, after that, we got the Nuggets. We got the Jazz. We got the Mavericks. And Ryan, all of those teams are sliding. They're all on a skid. And Ryan, I think a couple weeks ago, I talked about some tiers and how it was kind of broken up. Ryan, those tiers are starting to interchange. I mean, I still feel like the Warriors and the Suns are at the top. But the Grizzlies are four games behind the Warriors. So I could easily fall out quickly, but I still think they're above. The Jazz are four games behind the Grizzlies. So that means eight games behind the Warriors, who are two games behind the Suns. Ryan, after the Jazz, we get the Mavericks, who are 12 games back of the one seed. Ryan, between the Mavericks and even the seven seed Timberwolves, there's only a two point, there's only a two and a half game difference. Ryan, that gap could easily be closed in a week. So that's why I just feel like in this Western Conference, I mean, we thought the Eastern Conference was close, which it's definitely closer than the Western Conference. But this conference is definitely going to get close. It's going to come down to the wire. And to be honest, I feel like it's happened more than once with the Timberwolves. But it might come down to Game 82, where it is a win or go home. I feel like it is going to come down to the Timberwolves, Denver, and Jazz. Only one team, maybe even two, can get into the actual playoffs and not the playing tournament. Because... You love the playing tournament if you're a bad team like the Timberwolves or the Kings or the Spurs, but you hate it if you're a team like the 6 seed or the 5 seed because instead of just getting into the playoffs and having to worry about your seven-game series, you got to worry about a one-game playoff. And if you lose, you don't get any more chances. It's done. You're done. And for the Timberwolves, your, your goal is just to have that one-game chance, to have the opportunity. But for some teams, they already thought they'd have the opportunity and they are not ready for it to end. So that is almost the dreaded place. And to get anything more than the six seed or higher is definitely what teams want. And to be honest, I think there are a lot of teams with that possibility. Ryan, let's just move on to a trade that happened in the NBA. Ryan, we are getting very, very close to the trade deadline. Ryan, I think it comes in about a week or two. Ryan, we saw it is in one week. Now, in my experience with the NBA, I've seen that every single trade deadline in every single sport is super anticlimactic. And always it's, oh my god, it's LeBron James going to get traded, or James Harden, or is Ben Simmons going to go for the entire league? Ryan, no. Maybe one big trade, maybe an all-star will get moved. But you know what? At this point, I feel like really nothing's going to happen. Maybe a role player or two will switch teams Ryan, we have just seen the first trade fall. And Ryan, the Clippers, you know what? We saw that without Paul George and without Kawhi, they really need to kind of stall for time until they can get Paul George back. Ryan, this trade was the Clippers trying to get ready for the playoffs. They added Norman Powell and Robert Cummington from the Portland Trailblazers who received Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, and a second-round pick. Ryan, I feel like this is just the Clippers kind of trying to make sure that they have enough pieces around Paul George and Kawhi Leonard once he returns. And the Trailblazers kind of giving up on the season. I mean, you'd never want to say that the team isn't trying anymore or anything like that. But Ryan, when you're making this, in, in my opinion, terrible of a trade, I just feel like you're giving up. Ryan, tell me, are the Trailblazers, are they going to break up the duo of McCollum and Dame? Or is this just kind of a... And we're ready to sell. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Andrew, I think not only is this one of the biggest questions in the NBA right now, but I think it's one of the least talked about questions. I mean, you look at Ben Simmons. That stuff is talked about every day. You look at James Harden, what's going on there in Brooklyn almost every single day. You look at a lot of other teams like the Lakers that could be looking to shake things up. But exactly as you were saying, yeah, when you look at what this Blazers team is going on with them right now, I mean, you basically see... They're in ruins. I mean, this team has made basically little to no changes. And by this trade, this is a very, very small trade. It definitely will barely affect them at all. But they've basically moved anything. I mean, it's challenging to find a team that has done as little as this in the last couple of years. And you look at some teams, 
their draft has changed the course of their franchise, or an injury has changed a lot. I mean, let's see, the biggest move they made over the last eight years, probably, I can't even think. I mean, trading for Robert Covington, maybe, but that's even nothing. Or trading Gary Trent Jr. last year. I mean, they basically had the same team. Damian Lillard has been an all-star. CJ McCollum has never made an all-star game, but he's always been close. Their center, Yusuf Nurkic, has been injured a lot. He's been fine. And his cancer has been in and out of the organization twice. We don't know what's going on with this team. They've made the playoffs every single year for the last 10 years. They've never made it deep into it. It's the same thing. And I mean, even if you're not a basketball fan, you still have to understand this team needs to change. But the question becomes, how much change? If they add one all-star, would that get them over the hump and get them a deep run? Or is it more serious? And do they need to maybe give away an all-star? And then they just kind of need to start over with some young pieces because they've barely any young talent, and they have barely any veterans, this team has a lot of questions, and I think this is a big topic of conversation, but Andrew, you didn't really think we'd get through a podcast or an NBA section without talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. Andrew, what is new with the Lakers? I mean, Ryan, we just got Anthony Davis back, and Ryan, Russell Westbrook hasn't been playing terrible, but Ryan, some interesting news, LeBron James He's gotten some injuries. Now he is in the lineup last night. Brian, he's missed a lot of time. And he's still playing phenomenal. But will it be enough, Ryan? The question just becomes if this team is completely healthy and all guys are there. Is this team a real top three seed? Now, last year, when they made the play-in tournament, people were saying, Oh, you do not want to face this Lakers team because even if they are the seventh seed, you do not want to face this team. And then we saw the Clippers or something losing games. So they have to play the Mavericks instead of the Lakers. Something like that. But Ryan, the Lakers, they couldn't even win the first round. They lost to the Suns, who wound up going to the championship against the Bucks. So really, it did not look like they were that feared in these playoffs. But we will have to see how they do. Ryan, let us move on to some Minnesota sports Ryan, let's off with the Vikings, who we said we talked about. Ryan, it looks almost positive. It looks almost 100% that we are going to hire Kevin O'Connell off on the corner for the Los Angeles Rams after the Super Bowl. Ryan, tell me your initial thoughts about this move. Are you happy with it? Disappointed? Sad we didn't get Harbaugh. Happy we didn't get him. Sad we didn't get anyone else. Or do you feel like this was the best move possible? Yeah, Andrew, I mean, personally, my initial, result, my initial thought is I have no problems with this move. When you look for a head coach, your main goal is to fill in what you didn't have before. What we didn't have before was we struggled on offense and we struggled to really raise the potential of some of our younger players. And I feel like this is exactly what he's here to do. I mean, just when you look at this Rams team, he, this is, for those who don't know, Kevin O'Connell used to be, or is right now, basically the Rams offensive coordinator. This is a team that and this is his first year as the team's offensive coordinator, is last year they had Brandon Staley, who is now the head coach of the Chargers. So this year, coming into the year, they had Matthew Stafford, who I, for one, thought was near the end of his career and not a very good player. They had Cooper Cup, who at the start of last year, was a, or at the start of this year, wasn't a great wide receiver. He was fine. They had Van Jefferson, who nobody had heard of. They had traded for OBJ, Odo Beckham Jr., who everyone thought was out of his prime. They had a lot of old, not very good running backs, Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson, who looked like they wouldn't really do much. And you know what happened? This team was projected to be led by their defense to a decent playoff run. This team was led by their offense to the Super Bowl. This team had a quarterback who might have been the most improved quarterback over the last, since last year. Andrew, this is not a bold take. Matthew Stafford showed the most improvement from last year to this year. Of one of the of one of the best players in the league. And at wide receiver, Cooper Cup is the story of the game. I mean, this is one of the greatest improvement seasons of all time. Last year, if you said he was a top 20 wide receiver, you'd be looked at with an interesting look. And now, if you say he's the best wide receiver in the league, nobody would be surprised. What this guy did was insane. And his quarterback was better, but I think you got to really chalk this up to the incredible offensive mind of Kevin O'Connell, the guy that now the Vikings are good, and cough, cough, old quarterback, cough, cough, young wide receiver. 
For Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup, now to Kirk Cousins and Just Jefferson, I think it's a match made in heaven. I think it could really work well, and it will really be interesting. Andrew, what are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, Ryan, I just feel like I really want an offensive coordinator the whole time. I mean, an experienced guy who knows the ropes, who's not super old, but definitely knows what he's doing. And Ryan, this is just another one of those insane coincidences, but on the 2013, now Washington football team sort of thing, Ryan, on their team in 2013, they had a coaching staff that consisted of Matt LaFleur and Sean McVay and, and Kyle Shanahan and Ryan. Another guy on that coaching staff was Kevin O'Connell. Now, obviously, it's just kind of random that all three of those first guys have been just amazing in the National Football League for their teams after leaving that team. But Ryan O'Connell, he was the quarterback's coach. And do you remember who was the quarterback of the 2013 team? That would be Sir Kirk Cousins, who is now the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. Ryan I don't know if this is a super positive or possibly a small negative because maybe you didn't like him. But, Ryan, whenever you have a coach and a player returning, in my opinion, it can always be good. And when you have your head coach and your quarterback on the same page, they know each other, they know how they play, in my opinion, just makes it all the best, better. And, Ron, something that you didn't even talk about was Odell Beckham Jr. getting back on track. I mean, you said with Cooper Cup. And we saw that he was maybe a top 30 wide receiver before. Now he's number one. Ryan Cooper Cup, or sorry, Odell Beckham Jr. was cut. He was literally about to retire. And the Rams said, ah, we'll, we'll throw you a leash. We'll get you two targets a game. Ryan, Kevin O'Connell turned this guy from almost out of the league until, in my opinion, a good number two option. And Ryan, I feel like Adam Zeeland has way more potential than Odell Beckham Jr. currently does. And to be honest, if we can get him with Kevin O'Connell up to standard, oh my God, I am so excited. And we also have a way better running back in nine. You saw what he did with Van Jefferson. I see a lot of him in KJ Osborne. And if we can get him up there to be a phenomenal deep target, I will love that. But Ryan, we still got to make sure it's final after next week. And our offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator are going to be very interesting positions. Ryan, one more thing that I forgot to add. The Washington football team, formerly the Washington Redskins, are now changing the name again to the Washington Commanders for this season and hopefully a very long time. I'm a little skeptical this name will stick because some people dislike it. But you know what? The football team, that name, a lot of people disliked it. And then, to be honest, I kind of liked it after I got used to it. So hopefully that happens with this name. But very interesting. Ryan, Tim Wolves don't have any breaking news. But Ryan, with the emergence of Carthony Towns and Ryan this season... Ryan, break it down for me. Where are we in this playoff race? And what is your final projection? I mean, as I said, a lot of teams are skidding. Ryan, are the Timberwolves losing a lot of games recently? Yeah, Andrew, this team has been doing pretty well over the last games. I mean, Andrew, we are 7-3 over our last 10 games. We are on a three-game win streak. And, Andrew, we just came off a nice win against the Pistons. And you know what? In our next game, we play the Pistons again. And, Andrew, right now, the Pistons stink. They are 12-40. and 40. They win 23% of their games. And the Minnesota Timberwolves win 51% of our games. We should are definitely be favorites to win this game. If we win this game, we could easily be the sixth seed in our conference. And Andrew, then after that, we play two games against the Kings, who also stink, who are winning only 35% of their games. And Andrew, if we can win this game against the Pistons, which we are heavily favored to do so, and two games over the Kings, which are also... Have we favored to do so? Andrew, we could definitely be the five seed. Andrew, imagine two years ago, the worst team in the NBA last year, by far, one of the worst poverty franchises in the NBA, being a very high seed in the playoffs. Look at how far we've come. I mean, it is incredible to see currency counts back in the All-Star game and the Edwards very close to making the All-Star game. When you look at most teams that have an All-Star and another guy that are close, every one of these teams is doing extremely well or is not doing well for a different reason. And I think D'Angelo Russell is also a great third-best player to have on a team. I think things are really looking up. As Andrew was saying, where do we stand? As you said, the first two teams in the Western Conference, the Suns and Warriors, basically in a league of their own. Grizzlies are kind of in the middle. Then we see the Jazz, the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, and the Clippers 
all about one game behind each other. And then we see the Lakers about two games behind the Clippers. And then we see the Blazers and everyone else kind of slightly below a couple of games back of them. But Andrew, right now, exactly. The teams that if you're a Dire Timberwolves fan, if you want to know who to cheer against, it's definitely right now got to be the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Mavericks, and the Lakers. Again, as Andrew was saying, we are over halfway done. We aren't much over, though. So still a lot of games left to play, a lot of time for us to improve. But again, things are looking up for your Minnesota Timberwolves. Andrew, if you, now, as you said, the trade deadline is this Thursday. And who knows? Maybe you're even listening to this after Thursday. And you'll know if the Timberwolves made any deals. But Andrew, with the trade deadline then, we haven't really made any deals. But boy, the rumors are swirling. Don't worry. It's nothing big like Carnathy Towns or Anthony Edwards. But Andrew, D'Angelo Russell's name has come up a little bit. And our starting point guard, Patrick Beverly, his name has been swirling. And same with Malik Beasley. His name has been coming up a lot. Andrew, right now, what do you want to happen and what do you think is going to happen at the trade deadline for the Minnesota Timberwolves? I mean, Ryan, my opinion is that maybe we're going to pick up a young undrafted free agent for a second-round pick, or maybe we'll be the ones giving up the undrafted free agent for that said second-round pick or something like that. But really, I don't see much happening. Ryan, there were some early rumors swarming or swirling about us maybe wanting Marcus Smart, the Celtics, phenomenal defensive guard. And to be honest, I wouldn't hate that. But if we have to give up anything better than Malik Beasley, I'm putting a hard stop. I mean, he's a good player, but I feel like D'Angelo Russell, Edwards, and Cat are all a lot better than him. And I feel like it's not worth it for a guy that is basically never going to put up more than 15 points a game. Brian, at the beginning of the season, we were obsessed with talking about getting a power forward. Christian Wood, maybe Miles Turner. A lot of names came into mind. But Ryan, I feel like Jared Vanderbilt and Jane McDaniels, especially Jared Vanderbilt, have been playing so phenomenal. I just really do not see a need. I mean, I just feel like build this team's chemistry. It's looking good. It's definitely working. I mean, as I said, it sucks to watch a team go from the bottom. But Ryan, once you reach the top, it is all worth it, no matter how long the wait. And it's been a pretty long wait. But you know what? It is going we trusted the process. We got the draft picks. We drafted Cat. We got we got Edwards. We drafted Wiggins, who then we traded for D'Lo. And Ryan, we've made some mistakes. We've made a lot of them. But we've definitely done more right than wrong. And that is all that matters. Ending up in the positive instead of the negative. And I'm so happy how well this team is performing. Obviously, could be a top five seed. Could be the number one seed. But you know what? For this right now, I am happy with the Timberwolves and how they are doing. But enough about the Timberwolves. Got a super long season ahead. More talk about the trade deadline and everything that happens. Ryan, in about 10 words or less, we've been seeing a lot of rumors about James Harden and a lot of rumors about Ben Simmons and even some rumors where they're going to be traded for each other. Ryan, some people have been saying that even Tobias Harris might be thrown to the deal. Ryan, if you're looking at this from an NBA perspective, Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons for James Harden, Ryan, which side says no? And what's your initial reaction? And how excited would you be if this actually happened? Yeah, Andrew, I mean, it just won't happen. It's basically, you said at the beginning of this segment, there's always rumors. Just like in the NFL, where will Deshaun Watson go? Will he be traded for Christian McCaffrey? What's going to happen? Is Tom Brady going to be traded? Is Aaron Rodgers going to be traded? And as you said, things do happen. Like last year, we thought James Harden wouldn't happen. And it did. But again, it's always unlikely. There's never a good chance that the league is going to be absolutely shaken up. It does happen, but normally more in the off season. Right now in the season, it is extremely unlikely teams are going to be ending their season right now because, as you said, there's a lot of season left to play. I think very few teams know they're out of it, and very few teams know they're completely in it. So I think not much is going to happen, but would it shock me? No, it would not. And we'll have to see what happens. And again, that's the fun part of basketball, not knowing what's going to happen, being excited for the future. I'm excited. James Harden moving. Maybe Ben Simmons moving. It is fascinating. We'll have to see what happens. Andrew, let us move on to the birthday of the day. Yeah, Ryan, today we have a birthday of a player who really is not super well known. His name is Kavan Looney. Ryan, power forward for the Golden State Warriors. Now, one NBA player's uh, learn about the NBA All-Stars. They usually like to throw them a party or dump something on them or just to celebrate. So the players 
they get a special invitation of who made the All-Star Game on their team so they can tell them in a funny way or in a funny interview or something like that. So Kevon Looney asked his coach, Steve Curry, said, Steve, uh, do you know if I can learn who the All-Star starters are going to be so I can surprise them and tell them before anyone else? And he said, oh, yeah, I'll give you a guy's number. So Kevon, you know, he called them up and he said, hey, uh, any Warriors make it to the stars? And he said, oh, yeah, two. And Kevon goes, oh, my God. Curry and Clay, they both made it? Wow. Well, super happy for them. I guess I have to go celebrate. And they said, Curry made it. But it wasn't Clay who made it. It was Andrew Wiggins. And Kevon Looney goes, wait, we talking about the same Andrew Wiggins? Small forward for our team? He was an all-star starter? And the guy goes, yeah. Yeah, he was. He's surprised. And he goes, I mean, he's a good player. But if he can be a reserve, or if he can be an all-star starter, I can win MVP. And Ryan, maybe that'd be funny for Stephen Curry or James Harden because those guys are amazing. Brian Looney is not even the starter and usually does not get to play a lot. But just funny because when he heard that Andrew Wiggins was getting that kind of attention and that kind of rewards for his playing, he was even surprised himself of his own teammate and he thought that he should deserve more. Obviously joking since he doesn't even play usually. But I don't know. Happy birthday. Kevon Looney. Hopefully, you win an MVP eventually, or at least make an all-star game, or at least get five minutes in a game. Happy birthday. Ryan, right now, we have seen the start of the Winter Olympics. A lot of skiing and ice skating sorts of things, so very excited. I think they go on for at least another one or two weeks, so should be very excited about that. Ryan, any other news that you are excited to share about our sports world? Yeah, Andrew, nothing much. Just obviously, the Super Bowl is next weekend. We should still have a episode. But Andrew, Bengals versus Rams. Both of these teams, very different stories. The Rams, definitely a much older team. They made it to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Lost to Tom Brady on the Patriots. This Bengals team, super new. Nobody thought they had any chance. And Andrew, I saw an interesting stat. The Bengals before the season had 150 to 1 odds to be to win the Super Bowl. And Andrew, the last time a team hit those bad of odds to win the Super Bowl, it was the Rams back when they had Kurt Warner back in that, back a long time ago, I believe about 25 years ago. And those are the two teams that are facing off both extremely low odds to be get here, but they are both here. One team will take home the Lombardi Trophy. Andrew, next week, we'll hear so much about this insanely highly, to- highly toted matchup. Andrew, it is crazy. Next week on... Twin Talk MN.